Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the girls and boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Monday, May 13th, see Class B girls at 8.30 p.m. Central and Class A girls at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Melton with it outside left. Bounces to Embiid. Embiid down the lane. Jams it. Initially, it looked like Embiid was not going to get there. Melton's pass went to space. And Joel down the lane. And nobody from Washington even close. And Embiid crushes a right-hand jam. 34 Embiid. Left to Exum. Back to Luka. Steps in on the catch and shoot three. And that's good. And for Doncic's career three-pointer, 1,000. And he did it in his 351st career game. Only Buddy Heald, who did it in 350 games, did it faster. Get to the Duncan. Back to Jimmy. Working left baseline. Up and in. Is he going to get continuation? He does. He was gathered before Bridges hit it. Him, Henry, turning the left side, diving. He goes in motion. Handoff left for Barkley. Bounces left to the goal line. Touchdown, Giants. Walensky went in motion and led the way as Barkley runs it in from five yards out. Saquon's second rushing touchdown of the season. Right of the long snapper. Snap is good. Kick on its way. End over end, and it is good. And the Giants have beaten the Packers 24 22. Good morning. Welcome into Herd at Sports Radio. We're live from the Herd at Sports Bar and Grill on H&H. On the H&H Chevrolet stage, I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. Hey, man. We are on AM 590 ESPN Omaha and ESPN Tri-Cities. Of course, we're also on YouTube and Twitter as well. Good morning and what a great day to be a Nebraska Cornhusker or a Cornhusker fan. I thought it was December 25th for a moment. It Listen, Christmas came early, and it was December 11th, 2023. Who had that My on their card? Goodness. So we're talking to Steve Wiltfong yesterday morning, and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think he held out on us because – from what I understand the timing of this, I think that crystal ball for Steve Wiltfong came in shortly after he found out what was going on. Uh, and if you are not as obsessed with Twitter as we are, that's okay, and your mental health is probably better for it. But what we're talking about is that about 15, 12 to 14 hours ago, um, some incredible rumors that – are, appear to be more than just rumors, and I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit, that Dylan Rayola is not only interested in Nebraska, not only is visiting Nebraska this weekend, um, I believe he is coming to Nebraska. And I will explain how I got there, okay? So yesterday afternoon, uh, pr- probably about 5 or 6 p.m. It's about right. I start getting some very strange text messages and it's I'm in a very weird spot in the sports media landscape because 
I am not a reporter. I don't break news. I've never reported anything. That's not my job. That's not what I do, right? So even if I something did land in my lap, I'm, I wouldn't totally know how to handle it. I don't have a classic journalism background, um, although I uh, did write for the hoofbeat for good old Miller North back in the day. Uh, but <laughs> speaking of Miller North, we're going to talk to Alan Burrell, the uh, new Miller North football coach at 745. But – so I started getting some strange text messages yesterday about, like, hey, is this Dylan Rayola thing real? Have you heard about this? What do you know? And so my process is when people start asking me questions I don't understand, that's when I start talking to the people who would know. You, will you ask more questions? Yeah, I go ask people, questions of the people that, that in my life that are, that are well, more well-informed than I am. So I start, uh, I start sending some texts out, and here's what, I, here's what I'm allowed to say that I know for sure. That Dylan Rayola, obviously he's coming to visit Nebraska. What I found this part out before the visit was made official was that he is in contact with current Husker recruits doing his due diligence on Nebraska. Found that out for sure, was told that I could say that out loud on the air. Um, that's the first indication that I got that I was like, oh, this, this thing might be real, right? Um, shortly after that, I believe I've got my timing right here. It all was kind of a fever dream yesterday. Shortly after that, Steve Wiltfong puts in his prediction that he believes Dylan Rayola ends up at Nebraska. And so I start texting some more people because that's Wiltfong's like the dude. Well, he, he's not, he's not wrong often. No, he's not. He's actually right roughly 91% of the time. Because he is super well-sourced, he doesn't predict things prematurely, and that's, I think, what we saw yesterday, was him getting really good information on this and basically switching his crystal ball. So as that's happening, I, I, Steve Wilf, I, I find out the stuff about uh, Royal being in contact with current Nebraska recruits, and... So I and then the Steve Wiltfong thing happened. So I started digging a little bit more. I was like, man, I don't know that Steve would do that unless this thing was basically a done. If it deal. had some legs, yeah, right. And so I'm like, hey, the way I would describe my my conversation with the first person I talked to, this is my words, not theirs, is that it was near the finish line, okay. And then this Wiltfong thing happens, and you're starting to hear all these crazy rumors. And so I start digging some more, and heard from multiple other people that nearing the finish line may be selling it a little short, that this thing may be already done. Um, That's where I believe we are this morning, is that Dylan Rayola, his visit to Nebraska is more of a move-in day than it is an official visit. Because he's going to enroll early. He's going to, that's the plan, is he's supposed to enroll early. He was supposed to enroll early. It was always the plan. Yeah, he was supposed to enroll early at Georgia. He's, I would imagine, and, and this is, I mean, you're about that time of year. You don't have a, I believe they're already on break. Nebraska is, I think. Yeah, I don't know for sure. I know Creighton, it wouldn't shock me if a college is on break on December 12th. It I know, shock me. I know Creighton is because they, they were gone last week because um, they started doing this stuff with the student section of basketball games. I think Nebraska's gone already, so – um, the visit doesn't make a ton of sense, especially considering he's been here like a hundred times. <laughs> um, so I, that's what I think is happening with that part of it. Now, again, 
A lot of that is rumors, the stuff that I know for sure. I told you I know for sure. Uh, but what's really interesting here is, I mean, let's not bury the lead. What's interesting here is that Nebraska might be landing a five-star quarterback in this class, a guy that – They may be landing two. Right, yeah. I mean, a transfer in Kyle McCord, former five-star, and Dylan Rayola, current five-star, and at one point was the number one player in the class depending on where you look and, and where the rankings are now. But so that's the lead here is that Matt Rule went out and got told no once with Ohio State, although I think that was maybe during Frost, I don't remember. Got told no when he went to Georgia, even though there seemed to be a, a flirtation there with Nebraska at the time. Stuck with it, and third time's the charm appears to be landing Dylan Rayola. That is an enormous, I mean, that in and of itself is an enormous story for Matt Rule, for Nebraska. I mean, I'm pretty sure all Nebraska fans would trade Dylan Rayola for the bowl game that we missed out on. I know it's not like a one-to-one comparison here, but I'll certainly take that trade. Um, It is, it's hard to overstate how big of a deal this is if it actually comes to fruition, which I have every belief that it will. Well, I said it last night. I made a video about all of the rumors swirling, and I'll say it again. Nebraska's about to go from one of the worst quarterback rooms in the country mm-hmm. to one of the best if they can land Kyle McCord as well. Yes, uh, I, I agree with everything Ravi just said. I don't need to do much repeating there uh, because a lot of the stuff that – He's heard, I've heard. And um, you can also kind of just, just use a little process of elimination mm-hmm. to, to get to where you want to be with Dylan Rayola, too. You look, at, you look at Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, last night, and current players on the roster are tweeting out the side-eye emoji. Mm-hmm. And not just one player. It's not just Davon Hall, Malachi Coleman, Gibson Pyle. No, it's like 10 players that are tweeting out yes. about this news. And recruits as well, yeah. And along the same lines, recruits. So you know it has weight when you see stuff like this. But then the other point that um, you were kind of alluding to with Coach Rule when Nebraska missed on DR more than once is the fact that this is exactly why Coach Matt Rule is the head coach at Nebraska. It's because of the relationships he's able to hold even when you're not connected to the university. Mm-hmm. He held on to every relationship. He, he's holding on, I should say, to every relationship that he's had since he first stepped foot in Lincoln mm-hmm. across the country, whether a recruit said, no, I'm going to try my luck here, or whether he said, Uh, I'm still thinking about it, or whether he said, no, I'm going to come to Nebraska. He's holding on to every relationship. He is constantly checking in on people, and he's constantly keeping Nebraska in the ballgame. And that is what what was to be expected from him when he got here. So I think because he preached that. I think the relationship aspect here is really important because one of the things we talked about when Matt Rule got hired was that he doesn't build relationships transactually. Like, he doesn't just build relationships with you when he thinks he can get something from you. And 
what we I think what we saw here with the Rayola situation was he built a relationship with the Rayola family when he first got here trying to obviously trying to recruit Dylan, right? But and by holding on to so an offensive line coach. That I think is a really important distinction here because everybody the, the next big question, right, is how did this all happen? And I have less concrete information on that, but I can pull some breadcrumbs to, together, right? I, I can put together a rational scenario that can kind of make sense on how this happens. And one breadcrumb for sure is not just that they retained Donnie back, in, back when they did, right? What I think actually made the biggest difference, because if they had retained Donnie at the time while Dylan was uncommitted. It could have looked very transactional in the sense of like, well, we'll keep your uncle. You come play mm-hmm. for us, right? And I don't think, from what I understand, the Rayolas like to operate that way. What they wanted— Coach Rule doesn't like to operate Exactly, that right. Yeah, I, I know that about Coach Rule. I believe that about the Rayolas as well. So what I think happened was we saw yesterday or a couple days ago, whenever the news actually came down, it's all kind of a blur now, that— Donnie got not only an extension, but also a pretty significant raise to remain the offensive line coach. 325 to 500. That went, that happened before any of this Rayola stuff happened with Dom and Dylan. I think they saw that and they go, oh, Coach Rule's doing this because it's the right thing to do. It's the betterment of the team. They, for the betterment yeah, of the team. He appreciates what Donnie brings to the table. He's doing right by our family, even though we have nothing to offer him at this point. I think that meant a lot to the Rayola family. Again, that is me connecting dots. I don't have information on that. Second thing that I think is happening here behind the scenes is I think there is likely a quarterback coach who they know is coming, that they can tell recruits or transfers is coming, that has facilitated this interest by McCord and by Riola and all of these guys, right? So if, if that's the case, you're like, okay, why don't you just announce it? Well, there is a season still going on for people that are either in the playoff or in the NFL, okay? A guy that happens to still be in the, in the NFL is uh, a guy by the name of Glenn Thomas, has worked for Rule in the past, was his OC, co-OC and, uh, and quarterback coach in the past, what, had that role at Temple, shared it with Satterfield at Temple, had that role at Baylor, shared it with Jeff Nixon at Baylor. This is, I think, as much about what Nebraska has done right as it is anything that Georgia has done wrong. Now, there are rumors out there that Georgia has screwed up an NIL deal or, or uh, made some promises they couldn't keep. That's Definitely in the picture as well, right? Like that's definitely on the table of something that happened. What I think actually may have facilitated that a little bit was there's some rumors out there that Georgia wants to go get a transfer that's like ready right away. And they'd rather spend the money on that guy than spend that on another freshman because they already have a four-star freshman in this class outside of Dylan Rayola. So maybe they say, hey, let's let's keep the cheaper freshman. Let's go get an instant impact transfer. That is a possible scenario on the Georgia side, but I really do believe it has more to do with what Nebraska's done right and what Nebraska has, like you said, those relationships that Coach Rule builds. 
I think that Coach Rule has been steady and genuine this entire time. I think the Rayolas have looked around the rest of college football, Georgia, Ohio State, wherever, and not felt that same way. Here's the other thing that I believe to be true. I don't know for sure, but I believe to be true. Is that the Rayolas all along wanted to be in Lincoln. But they also had to make the smart move for what was best for their future. Whether it's Dylan, Dom, whoever. I think by making these moves, by potentially hiring a quarterback coach that they felt a little more comfortable with. Because the, the fact of the matter is, Satterfield hasn't coached quarterbacks as much as a guy like Glenn Thomas has or, or whoever, right? So I think they looked at it and say, okay, we've got a, a more proven quarterback coach, a guy that's coaching currently at NFL, theoretically, hypothetically, whichever. And we have this guy who has shown genuine respect and loyalty to our family at every turn, even when it didn't look like he was going to get anything in return, and he continued to do so. That, I think, is the recipe. And you have a family that already kind of wanted to be in Lincoln anyway in terms of that's kind of where their heart was, but their head was pulling them a different direction. I think you pull those things together, you end up with what we had yesterday, which is it appears for all intents and purposes that Dylan Royal was coming to Nebraska. Well, and you also have to factor in this too, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday, of where Nebraska as a program is headed, where they are today and where they are supposed to be in year two of Coach Rule, in year three of Coach Rule, if you can um, speculate, you know, maybe, maybe put a little expectation on, on this program. Five and seven this year is a good year. And even Coach Rule said it. He's like, you know what? I, I, I'm cool with what we have, but we underperformed. And we, we know that next year we're going to take a step forward. Don't think that he's just the only one that thinks that. Mm-hmm. The Rayola family, too, sees the progress as well. And if Nebraska was in a position where it, it wasn't in this new and improved college football landscape with conference realignment and um, t- you know, maybe, maybe pushing more toward a big two and, and NIL, I don't think you see Dylan Rayola coming to Nebraska. I, I really don't, mm-hmm. even with all the factors that you just mentioned. But it's because of the direction that the program is going that he can be a part of that and still be as big of a name as if he stayed at Georgia. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge piece to this equation is if I'm looking to build my own brand, my own name, I have to do that at a place that allows for that. Mm -hmm. And Georgia gave that to him. Ohio State gave that to him the past two years. But then in a matter of a year, when you see all this conference realignment take place and you see USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington popping over and joining the Big Ten, well, now you know you're in this juggernaut of a conference. So there's piece number one. Mm -hmm. Piece number two is uh, the direction of NIL and where that's going and knowing what Nebraska can offer in the NIL department, which is probably just as much as Georgia could offer in their NIL department. Yeah. And so it's an easy swing. It's an e- it, it's kind of like that kick in the rear of, well, it, I, I thought it had to be this place because for years, the, the five schools that always competed for national championships, I was a part of two of them. Mm-hmm. But now he knows that to build his own brand, he doesn't have to be a part of those five schools. He can do that at a school like Nebraska. He could do that at a school um, 
like Iowa if you really wanted to, or, or Michigan State because of how the, how the Big Ten is kind of moving. Now, Nebraska is the more supreme of those three that I just listed, and then you add in the connections with Dom and Donnie mm-hmm. and, and, and the family, and so it kind of just is, is a nice uh, – it marries itself together. But the whole point of this is Nebraska is not that much different from Georgia off the field. No, they're not. No, I, I think they're actually really – similar to Georgia off the field in terms of their commitment both in resources, finances, facilities, like everything that – this is why I've always said that not only is Nebraska a good job, but it's a job that you can win at. Is it hard? Is it harder to recruit here than it is in Texas? Sure. But if you're winning on a national scale, you're generally recruiting on a national scale anyway. What I I mean, it's not harder to recruit here than it is to like Notre Dame just because of of academics, right? Like I get that Notre Dame currently has a higher profile. It's always going to be harder to recruit to Notre Dame because you're just starting with a smaller pool of guys, right? You're a you're going to be a nationally recruiting po- program, and that's okay. What I will say is, I I think there is, I think there's something to the profile of the school, right? And Nebraska's profile obviously used to be as big as anyone's. It's still outsized compared to their success over the last 20 years. But I I think you bring up a good point in you can be a star anywhere now, right? We saw we used to, we used to see this with the NBA where it's like, "Oh, all the stars want to go to New York or LA or or you know, maybe Miami, whatever." Well, guess where the two biggest stars in the world play right now in the NBA? Milwaukee and Denver. Okay? Those are the two best players in the world right now play in Denver and in Milwaukee. Not L.A. And no, even though LeBron's in L.A. And th- nobody talks about them moving to a bigger market. You know why? Because it doesn't matter anymore. College football's finally getting to that spot. And that's not to say that Nebraska's a small market team. But compared to where these other teams are, they're currently fighting for national titles. They're not currently on that tier. I also think, and this is a weird connection and it maybe had nothing to do at least consciously with what the Rayola's kind of thought may, a thought process was here but look at the attention that Dion got at Colorado this year Colorado wasn't good they're four and eight they're worse than Nebraska what do you mean they're not good he was sportsman of the year according <laughs> oh, to the Sports I, Illustrated. I totally forgot sports person of the year um they weren't very good they were four and eight they were subpar they they went one and nine or one and eight to finish their season after starting three and oh, right? Yet look at the ratings for their games. There I'm not a big T V ratings guy, but it was it was shocking how many of Colorado games were in the top like ten or fifteen. Now granted college. they got really good T V times. They did. And the amount of primetime action they got was a little insane. But I the point is I think that T V networks as much as anything are looking for storylines with games even more so than they are looking for good matchups. Like Colorado, Colorado State should not have done did the number that it did. It was Colorado State. Who cares, right? Colorado, Nebraska sort of makes sense. But I think you can see, hey, this is the landscape of college football currently is if there's a good story here, if Matt Rule is bringing Nebraska back to glory, guess what's going to get good TV spots, right? Matt Rule mm-hmm. in Nebraska and Dylan Rayola and whoever else, right? I think they saw, 
hey, this this doesn't have to be. You don't have to be at Bama or Georgia or Ohio State or Michigan. You can be anywhere if the story's good enough and you are good enough to lead that story. Uh, we will have plenty more on the Dylan Rilla situation as we continue on. We'll talk to Mike Schaefer later on in the show as well at 9 o'clock to get his thoughts. Coming up at 745, Alan Burrell, the new head football coach at Miller North. Speaking of Miller North, we'll talk to Eric Crouch, Heisman Trophy winner, about the Heisman ceremonies. And then we'll 845, we'll get NFL with Vinny Iyer. That's what's coming up on Herd Sports Radio.